seen many uh, thunderstorms. We just suffered through one. Many of you drove through it to get here this morning. And we've seen terrible and horrible storms come through southeast Arkansas in our lives or maybe somewhere else that you were at. But now we're seeing a story here about a storm at sea. And storms at sea still swallow up many ships every year are lost at sea. But I'll say this, I would much rather face that exact same storm on the ground as I had out in water, right? I'd much rather face a terrible storm standing on my own two feet than to be in the middle of the ocean and face one. And in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts, we're seeing this story of Paul and what's happening in Paul's life at this time. Paul is being transferred to Rome as a prisoner. He's on his last trip. He's made three missionary voyages into Caesarea by sea, but this will be his last. There's actually a satyrian that is charged with getting Paul back to Rome, and Paul is fixing to face Caesar and be killed. What's fixing to happen? So it looks pretty bad for Paul, doesn't it? What would we be doing? And this man that's over him is in charge of 100 men. There is 101 men guarding Paul in chains and responsible for getting him to Rome to stand before Caesar. And Paul knows this is probably it. And the time of year that they're fixing to sail that this story takes place in is not the best time at all uh, to be sailing. But the captain of the ship did not want to spend another wi- uh, uh, winter uh, in Lycia. So he took a chance. He decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and start this journey and try to get to Rome. It looks like it's going to be good. It looks like the weather's going to be nice. Look what it says there in verse 13. And when the south wind, uh, wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loose thence, they sailed close by Crete. So what happens? The uh, captain of this ship had probably... Uh, sailed many times and as he feels that south wind coming he's thinking you know what that's always good it's a soft warm wind coming out of the south that's always good to see this south wind I believe we're going to be in good shape we won't have to wait long we'll just go ahead and sail now but that wasn't the case verse 14 as we just read but long, uh, not long after there arose uh, against it a uh, temperate wind called a Eurocladon that means northeaster is what's happening. I mean, a terrible wind has come in. The wind has changed its direction totally. And now it's pouring down upon this ship that is sailing towards Rome. Boy, isn't that the way life is? You feel that uh, warm feeling of that everything is just may have that this morning, that you think, boy, life is just good. I mean, it's so pleasant. I couldn't ask for anything any better than the way it is right now. Right now, everything's going good. If someone says, how's life going? A smile will come over your face. Say, man, it's going great. Everything is going just my way. ever had that you know have you ever thought about 
how truly fragile life is. And how quick disappointments and heartaches come upon you. One phone call. One phone call is all every one of us away from facing something awful, tragic, sorrow. One phone call. It may come as soon as we get out here. Maybe you can feel your phone vibrating in your pocket now. And it can totally change your life. That's just the way life is. Not long after there arose. Right after everything was going right, no longer, and you said, boy, things are going my way. I feel good about life. Instantly, this change came. You see, this northeast wind blew up, and now they've out too far to get back. They've got to face it. Has that ever happened to you? That I mean, you've got everything going this way. You get out there, and boy, you're thinking, man, this was the right decision. This was the right path to go. And then just as soon as you get out there, everything turns bad. But you went too far to turn back. Well, let me say this. It doesn't mean that you made the wrong decision a lot of times. That's just really the way life is. You may be on the exact path. You may be on the exact boat, on the exact course that God would have you to go. But all of a sudden, here arises a great storm. It doesn't mean you made the wrong choice. It just means you're fixing to have to go through a storm. Amen. You know, it's said of life that uh, mankind is in one of three places. Entering a storm, in a storm, or coming out of one. And really, isn't that about the way that it is? It's hard to put a whole bunch of days together that there's not some sorrow, disappointment, heartache, or trouble in there. It's always looming there over us. So how or what are we going to do when this world's northeastern blows upon us? How will a child of God, what will a child of God do? Now we know that being a child of God does not exempt us from the trials of life we face hardships as do those who know not Christ. What will we do? I believe there's some things in this story under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and God's word that will help us come through the storms of life that we will face. First thing, what we should do in facing a storm is get rid of some excess baggage. I believe that if we were true with ourselves today, that there are things in our lives that may be causing us problems down the road. And it doesn't mean that there are things that are sin in our life. There's just certain things that it's lawful for me to have, but it may not be just the best thing for me right now. Look there with me in verses uh, 18 and 19. Then we're going to jump over to verse 38. Verse 18 says, And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackle of the ship. And then look at verse 38. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat unto the sea. Now they're lightening the boat right here. They've even thrown the tackle away to get them where they're going. They already have supposed in their mind this 
voyage will not end up, uh, will carry us to where we thought we'd end up. So really the tackle's not that big an important thing. We just got to get to land somewhere. We just got to get somewhere to get our feet on some solid ground. So what they started doing, they started throwing things out of the ship. Then they towed the tackle out of the ship. And then food didn't even become that important to them. They lightened, lightened the ship. So you notice that really, Material things wasn't even on their mind. This horrible storm had came and eating wasn't even that important to them. I believe today, as I said, if we have, were to be honest with ourselves, there are things in our lives that could cause us to be weighted down. There are things in our life today that goes through our mind that we need to get rid of. There are things that we have in our hearts today that we need to get rid of. And maybe they're not bad things. Maybe they're not things that for someone else to have wouldn't be a problem. But in our life, if it's keeping us from serving Christ, it's to be tossed aside because the storm's coming and the ship needs to be lightened. But then also we do know, we do know that there are things in our lives possibly that are sin. And we know that they're holding us back from the true blessings of God. Not only in good times uh, do we allow things of this world to distract us from what God would have us to do, but also material things and uh, sin will weight us down during bad times. Our sins will cause us to hold on to a sinking ship and fall to the bottom of the ocean. These sailors started throwing overboard. And it is a proven fact today. There's something great about God is this. You know, I don't have to have any possessions to serve him. Just because you have more possessions than I do doesn't mean you can serve God better than I can. Just because you may have this or that does not mean you can serve God any better than anyone else. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes those material things, sometimes those possessions, Limit us in serving God because we put too much emphasis on what we got instead of what we can do for God. So maybe it'd be time for us, Calvary Baptist Church, to maybe start looking at as we're entering into a storm and you know it's coming. Maybe we need to start ridding the ship and lightening it now so the ship will be more fit to get good when the storm comes. But you see, they started throwing everything out. Started throwing everything out and so often we as Christians put all of our hope, we put all of our security on the things of this world. And when it come, we get in trouble, actually they are useless and powerless to get us through. Proverbs tells us, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsakes them shall have mercy. Could it be that some of us may need to lighten the load a little? Or it could be that some of us need to lighten the load a lot. And it isn't easy to do. And before you start lightening the load for the storm that's coming or the storm that you're in or the storm that you're coming out of, that's a time when man needs to get along with God and find out what needs to be thrown out. 
1 John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So really the true answer for a child of God is to come to a place to where we know that we can do no more and allow God to lighten the ship for us. Maybe somebody, maybe me, maybe you are at this place today. The second thing that I see that happened during this storm, we need to do when this storm comes upon us is first of all, get along with God. Now there are a lot of people that can give you great advice. No doubt. There are a lot of uh, people that you can go to with problems and they may have faced them or they may think that they have the answer and they can give you great advice. But I'm going to give you the greatest advice I can give you today about trouble. And I'm not telling you not to go to someone over. But don't go to someone before you went to God in it. Don't run and allow think that some man is going to get you or some woman's going to get you out of a great situation that you're in in your life. I challenge you today as you take that into your prayer closet and you seek God in it, and he may rid you of it right out the bat. So often and most of the time when we get into trouble, we're steadily reaching for man. Amen? Don't we do that? We're reaching out to family. We're reaching out to friends. We're reaching out to everyone. And we have forsook God who has the answer for us. Doesn't make good sense, does it? See, they get, uh, Paul gets along with God. Look there in verse 21. But after a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. Now I exhort you to be a good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Now what Paul's actually saying here, I told you you shouldn't have left, but now you have. We can't turn back. It's a done deal. We're going to have to sail through this storm. But you be a good cheer that no one's going to lose their life in it. But the ship's going to sink. It's over. It's going to happen. I believe that there's been a lot of people in situations that all they needed to hear is when you start thinking about losing your life, when you're thinking about dying, it can be really encouraging, and you don't actually even have to know how the answer or how it's going to take place. If somebody says, hey, tell you what, it's going to be all right. How many times have we seen a kid that's been hurt, and you're always saying it's going to be all right? See, it's a comfort thing. See, Paul's bringing comfort. He's saying, be of good cheer. And I want you to get this, what he's saying. Be of good cheer that we're all going to make it through this storm, but we're going to lose the boat. You just forget about the boat. It's going to sink. And I believe there was great relief among these sailors knowing that somebody just stood up and said, get happy about this. We're all going to make it through. So what was Paul doing during this storm? Well, he said he was absent for a long time. And what was going on is that Paul had gotten in the bottom of that ship. Was he down there scared, trembling? No, that's not what he was doing. Was he down in the lower parts of that ship crying and feeling so sorry for himself? No, that's not what he was doing. 
Was it Paul down in the bottom of that ship asking people to come down there and uh, help him figure out the answer of what's going on in their lives and what's going to happen to the ship and if anyone's going to, that's not what happened either. What Paul was doing during this period of time, Paul was spending time with his God. See? And when Paul got through with that, he come back and said, everybody get happy now. Be a good cheer. We're all going to make it. We're just going to have a boat sink. But everybody's going to make it through. You see, Paul was spending time with God. Paul was in the middle of the greatest storm, uh, and, and he was going to God with the problem. Now, you got to remember, Paul was sailing to be killed. That's where he was headed. So not only was he seeing the end in sight once he got to Rome, now he's in the middle of a storm and he's thinking, well, the sea can take my life before I ever get there. See, Paul was not all worried, concerned, shook up, trembling. No, Paul knew where his strength truly was. He just got with God. If you and I, if you and I, spend as much time with God as we do on worrying about what's going on in our lives, we'd be a lot better off. Look there in verse 23, and I'll show you. Look what happens here. This is where Paul's gaining this strength from. He's meeting with his God. He's praying, and it said, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. You see, it was God's will that he stand before Caesar. It was not God's will that he was going to die in a boat. It had already been set forth what was going to happen to Paul. He wasn't spending time in the bottom of the boat crying and worrying and having a pity party. No, he just went to God with it. So often we start trying to fix our problems in our own way, and then the problems get deeper. When the storms of this old world come upon us as God's people, we need to spend time with the Lord in prayer. We need to read his precious word, the Bible, and seek him in it. Now I want you to see what he says here. This is going to bring great hope to me, and it's a blessing to me in verse 23. He gets down there and gets to talking to God, and look what happened. For there stood by me this night the angel of God. Now, I want to explain this to you. But listen who he says this angel is. Whose I am and whom I serve. You know who that angel is? Jesus. So what's happening here, a storm is taking place, the deck is getting overflowed with water crushing in, uh, the sails are, uh, are tipping the ship left and right and up and down, and Paul's in the bottom of this ship. Now I want you to see this. You know what's in the bottom of every ship when it's taking a storm like that? Every piece of trash that's there is in the bottom of the ship now. And they're actually concerned about the trash and the water in it to try to get it pumped out so the ship doesn't sink. As bad a place as you can be in the middle of a storm as in the bottom of a ship. So now, not only is there a great storm raging, but Paul, in the midst of this storm, is in the filth of it. As far down as you can get. Can't get any lower than the ship can get. And look who's standing there. Jesus. Something encouraging to me in this is that 
Jesus once sitting beside him. It says Jesus one laid down beside him. Brother David Chambers, the reason Jesus is standing up because now he's going to take action in this storm. He's awaiting what to do. He's not in a relaxed state. No, he's standing there. He's waiting to do something. And Paul realized, my Jesus is standing here. He can't do anything about it. Be of good cheer. We're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. It was Jesus and it's Jesus in our lives. In that darkest time of your life, you believe that Jesus Christ, your Savior, is standing right there. It doesn't matter what the situation may be. It doesn't matter how hard it may look. It doesn't matter how nasty that situation is. It never gets too low, never gets too hard, never too difficult to keep my Christ from being by my side. child of God, Jesus Christ is always there with us in the storm. The problem is that so many times when we're in that storm, we do not cry out to the Jesus that's standing there waiting to deliver us from that storm. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, when thou prayest, enter thy closet, and when thou hast shuttest thy door, pray that the Father uh, which is in secret, and that the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Jesus, uh, Luke says that we should, uh, men ought to pray and not faint. Pray and do not faint. He's saying pray and keep on praying. Thessalonians says pray without ceasing. Matthew, and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believe thou shalt receive. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Praise God that there's a promise given to us in the middle of this storm. In the storm or even in the calm situations, we are to spend time alone with God. Spend time in His Word. Going in John, He sanctified them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Jeremiah said He loved the Word. You know, there's something wrong in the life of a child of God. There's something wrong in my life and there's something wrong in your life today if you do not love the Word of God. And you know, the things you love, you'll spend time on. Right? True statement, isn't it? I can see this as I, I studied this and I think about that uh, if I hadn't seen all of my grandbabies in about three days, there's something there that's driving me. Doesn't matter what's going on, but I need to see them. You know why? I love them. When you and I get to a place in our lives that we can truly say, as God is our witness, I love God's word, you will spend time with him. And there will be a longing when you're not in it. Where are we at? Where are we at with that one? We as Christians are to read the Word of God. We're to 
cherish the Word of God. We're to proclaim the Word of God, preach the Word of God, protect the Word of God, defend the Word of God with all of our hearts and all of our minds. The promise was given to Paul. And we see that, that in facing the storm, Paul just clinged to the promises of God. Look there in verse 24 with me again. Saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. Now this is the Lord speaking to him. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Now listen to what he says here. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. So was Paul saying that when I ask things of God, he will always move? Is it say, is Paul saying, I'm not going to worry about what's happening outside the ship. I'm going to worry what's happening in here that will prepare me to go through the storm. Yes. He's saying, I believe exactly what God says. And God has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will get you through those storms. And the world doesn't have to look at it and say, boy, they're winning. But I promise you today, you and I need to cling to what God has said. Take him at his word, grab a hold of it, and gain victory. In his word. Claim his promises. Paul took God at his word. Dr. Hubert Locker studied through the word of God. And he said that there are 7,487 promises given to mankind in the Bible. Now I don't know if that number is correct. Maybe, maybe not. But I do know this. If God made the promise, he will keep it. That's a fact. How wonderful is that? That it matters not what's going on around us. That I have the promise of God always delivering. I think so often in our lives when these situations come upon us, when these great storms, we're in the storm or we're facing this great storm, I believe we miss the greatest gift that God has given outside salvation and it is that he will never leave us nor forsake us and he wants to deliver us through that and we never grab a hold of that promise and say, you know what, I'm going to win. We always look and say, well, I'm going to be defeated. I cannot see how I can win, but God's people, whatever the situation, regardless of what your family, friends, or this world would think, we need to grab a hold to God and say, I know I know, I know, I will win in it. And I'm going to wait on the victory that I know that I've got. We're not to mope around and drag our lips. Oh, we need to start standing on the promises that God's going to deliver us through it. The fourth thing is something that so often we forget. And that's just to thank God for what he did do. Just to thank God for what he did. 
verse 35. But when he had thus spoken, he took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Now this is just before they're fixing to throw that bread overboard, all the wheat. They're fixing to get rid of all this food. This wheat's fixing to leave back. So what Paul done, now I want you to remember where we're at in this story. Paul is doing this before the ship sinks now. Paul's thanking the Lord for the situation he's in right now. He's not thankful for the deliverance yet. He's just thinking where he's at right now. You know why? situation that you may be in this morning did not surprise God. The situation or the storm you may be entering in for tomorrow did not surprise God. And you know God's never given me anything exceptional either. And you remember the these storms that you can look back through your life, these hard times in your life, and you can say, man, that was a horrible time right then, but they don't seem that horrible now. You ever notice that? It's because you got victory. There was victory given in it. And God always gives us victory through what we're coming through. Now, God may not cause the situation, but you can believe God allowed it, and it's the best place for you. Make it so selfish, Lord, give me this. Lord, I need that. Lord, I want this, and i got to have that, and I'd like it this way, but I don't want it that way, and I like it just like this. And not one time we get through that prayer or when we're just contemplating in our heart, have we ever acknowledged God what he's already done for us? Like a spoiled child that everything's been given to and not appreciative of anything. back up to verse 33 and you're going to see that these uh, they haven't eaten for 14 days. Look there in verse 33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying uh, this day is the 14th day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. They went 14 days without anything and when Paul gets it, he's still thankful for it. Now the boat's still fixing to sink. Thankful what he has right now. I believe we as American people have become a thankless people. It's expected of us or expected to happen. I believe we're raising children now that everything's just expected. You owe them. You're owed that. Oh, you don't have to work with them. Mom and Dad just give you that. No, you're owed. Somewhere along the line, people think that everything's free. They want to gather everything free. Somewhere along the line, people think that it's the government that has all the money. All the reason the government has money is because of us. Government does nothing but spend money. They make none. But yet God's people have become thankless people. 
something that this room does not agree with nor appreciate any way, in any way of thinking that everything should be free. There's a time for everything. But yet when we go to our God, that seems to be our attitude. I just don't have any money. But never think God has ever asked you to. Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 says, And everything give thanks for this, the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is a privilege to be able to thank God for what he's given. Every good thing you have, every good experience you've ever had, every gift uh, you've received in the, your health, your family, your job, your country, your home, and your church is because God gave it. thing we should do in the midst of this storm is we want to make a safe landing. Wouldn't everybody want to say that in this storm we'd like to make just a good landing on this thing. We'd like for that to happen. We'd like for it to be a safe landing. Well how is that going to be achieved? Look there at verse 44 last verse chapter 27 and the rest some on board some on broken pieces of the ship and so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Now it's not the trip that they wanted to take. And it's not the voyage that they was looking toward. But they all finished up on the bank safe. conquering army would be at the point of destroying another army. That army would raise a white flag and that white flag was not to surrender but it was telling that other army that you can surrender right now. I'll let you surrender right now. You have been beaten. I will let you surrender right now. And Before this battle rages on and gets more fierce and more people become wounded and others are killed if you'll give up right now we'll stop. conquering army would raise a black flag and it meant no longer can you surrender and your life will not be spared no mercy will be shown any longer I'm thankful today that that's just what God white flag of grace and mercy is still flying high. And at the end of that storm, that white flag is moving in that wind for all to see. But there are a lot of people today that are in danger of blackening their judgment. When God says, my spirit will not always dwell storm 
may be in or facing, you believe that God can deliver you, deliver you through it victorious. Just the way he says. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you and we're thankful today that you are the God that keeps your promises. That you've never told one thing that won't come to pass. That you've never sought out to harm or cause hardship to others or to people. Your permissive word allows things to happen. But they'll always be for our good. Every storm will be an opportunity for us to praise you through it. recognize you in all that is done. In Jesus Christ's name I ask. Amen. Let's give everyone to stand.